<laughs> Not good. Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. That was a terrible crack, mostly due to the terrible countdown by Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. I don't know, man. I came in way late on that. I'm pretty sure I'm going to take the <laughs> Okay, never mind. It was Tyler. Big Herbie Herbock's faults. Um, so we'll try to be better next time. But this is the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. And um, today we have uh, our week 11 waivers coming at you a little bit later than normal due to a crazy windstorm we had last night here in our um, location. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not that secret. I mean, the Pacific Northwest, yeah. Yeah. inland Northwest, we're, uh, we're not Seattle, we'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> so... So, yeah, we're getting to this episode to you a little later, but hopefully we can get to you before you put in all your claims. And at the end of this, we'll also have some buyer sells uh, for week 11. So um, uh, if you haven't yet, check us out on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um, and if you also haven't yet, hit a like, subscribe, whatever you're feeling, you're fancy, if you're enjoying the show or the content we produce. Um, but our Twitter page is where you'll find our sites and all the episodes that we upload uh, weekly. So let's get right into it, uh, into the week 11 waivers. Um, I figured we'd start this week maybe by listing out some players that you can probably consider dropping this week if you need to make room for someone else um, on the waivers. Um, so I'm going to run these list of names off, and then if we want to talk about any, we can talk about them. I'm going to yell no if I feel like Yeah, it. go ahead. <laughs> um, Mike Davis, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault. That hurts. Cole Beasley. No. <laughs> Not Cole? Not Cole. Not yet. Why? We're getting late in the season, and it – I think it's worthy just to hold on for a couple of weeks. If you can hold on to him, just with like injuries happening, it's a the season's longer than usual. He's a he's a PPR monster. So if I like, say Sanders gets injured, it, it'd be really good for him. It'd be really good for him if Knox got hurt again. <laughs> I think that's what I'm um, saying. It, it really is a multiple guys that could get yeah. injured on that offense. It, it's a horrible thing to say, but in the weeks that Knox was out, um, Cole Beasley saw nine targets, thirteen targets, eleven targets last week only two targets, only played 16% of snaps. Um, some of that probably due to them playing the Jets, um, but I also think Dawson Knox going to have a pretty big impact on his targets. I mean, Dawson Knox did play 84% of snaps and got one target, so I don't know if Dawson Knox yeah. is the reason Cole Beasley was not. Maybe there is no correlation, but um, there's just so many weapons. I think you can drop Cole Beasley, but Trey says no. If you have room to roster him, I would. That's uh, basically what I'm getting at. Yeah. I'm actually going to take a step back. I'm going to hold off on Mike uh, Davis for one more week only because of the status of, Cord- uh, of Cordell Patterson. Yeah. I think that's probably good to bring up. They're playing Thursday night. Cordell was at practice today, by the way, with uh, you know a limited practice. but Yeah, which is actually surprising. The initial result um, – thinking was that he's be out a couple of weeks. So the fact that he's back practicing already is pretty insane. Yeah, he doesn't want to slow down um, after this big season. Um, 
Also, Wayne Gallman, who we will talk about later in the waiver section, um, got some run last week, and we'll probably get some on Thursday night if Cordell isn't ready to go. Might even start over Mike Davis. Who knows? I mean, uh, we'll see how this all breaks down. But uh, moving on, or keeping going on the players that we think you might be able to drop this week, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Why? Why not? <laughs> I I don't know. He's he's wide receiver too. I mean, it's a shitty offense, but like, it's. I guess now that I'm thinking about this in my head, wide receiver too on a shitty offense. I'll just stop there. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, I don't know. I haven't been big on any Browns receivers, so for me, he's. A, I don't think you have to hold on to him by any means. No, I don't think so either. I mean, this this offense is all about the running game. I mean, they're barely throwing the ball anymore. Um, you know, you have, uh. Baker is hurt. The backup is what Case Keenum. I mean, it's just the, the, this passing offense is trash. Yeah, I don't think you can ever start him. You know what I mean? Um, Russell Gage. After that terrible, terrible week, I think you can drop. Um, he'll probably, you know, he'll be there on the waivers unless he's in the deepest, deepest of the leagues in future weeks. If you really want to stream him, Julio Jones is hurt with the hamstring. Um, probably not going to be available again until the fantasy playoffs. So for me, I don't feel comfortable starting him in a fantasy playoff. Like I would have to see him have one good game before I even felt comfortable starting him. So for me, he's a drop. Um, he did get placed on IR though. So I mean, if you have an IR spot, you yeah. might as well stash him there instead of dropping him completely. Yep. Um. Yeah. If you got room there, uh, Jeremy Jeremy McNichols, Adrian Peterson, I think. Can both be dropped um, this week. They, it feels like a three three headed committee with uh, Deonta Foreman. Um, looks like he's kind of taking the lead role there, which we were talking about in previous episodes. I can I can see that, but with like the, with the running back landscape right now, it's it's horrible. So in all likelihood, someone would probably keep either McNichols or Peterson. Which one would you keep? Um. Oh, probably Peterson. Yeah, I, I feel the same. Just to get like that random touchdown. Yeah, McNichols gets the receiving work, but it sounds dumb. But just because Adrian Peterson, he just seems more likely to get a touchdown. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, the problem is that McNichols isn't getting that getting that much receiving work. Even though he's supposed to be the receiving down back, he's not getting a ton of work there. He had three targets in three consecutive games. He's had three targets. So it's not great. Um, so yeah, I guess Peterson just because that touchdown. But even then, you're not going to want to be playing any of them. They're going to just be on your bench. Yeah. So who's your answer? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I guess I'm gonna go go with Peterson. Uh, Matt Ryan, you can probably drop after last week. Um, I, I hope nobody was actually keeping them him on his their yeah. roster. He, he was a streaming guy anyways like no one should be holding him on his roster throughout the entire year anyways yeah just in case i don't know in a lot of the leagues i'm in it feels like people are just holding on to quarterbacks a lot when they probably don't need to be but um and then also these guys amateurs these guys may be a little more questionable but singletary and zach moss um you know matt Breida led the team <laughs> in the backfield last week obviously they were killing the jets but will he just go away yeah eventually i don't know um <laughs> For me, it's like I don't think you can start any of these guys. So 
unless you're in a, a really bad pinch. I mean, there were like 34 and a half total points scored by Bills running backs against the Jets, but um, over half of that or almost half of that went to Matt Breida. And then, you know, Zach Moss and Singletary um, had like eight and ten points, I think. Yeah, I mean, don't get ahead of yourself with the breeder. He had three carries. He just happened to get a touchdown on the ground and through the air. Um, so I wouldn't, like, freak out there. I don't think I'm dropping Moss or Singletary yet, but I think you're still in that same boat you've been all year where you're not really wanting to start them either. Yeah. I mean, if I could pick up someone like A.J. Dillon or Ramon J. Stevenson or even Deonta Foreman, maybe, I would pick up all three of those guys and drop. feel comfortable dropping a Bills running back. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and keep in mind, like all these, like the reason we're saying to drop these players, we we do all this with a mindset of like half point PPR. Yeah, yeah. So like it's not super flex, nothing like that. So half point PPR, right? People like Matt Ryan, kind of like Irby was saying, just not worthy of keeping on your team unless you're using a stream that week. You know. Yeah, if you got a specific question about your specifically that has like a super flex or whatever type of scoring system, hit us up on Twitter. And we will answer it. If you have a tight end or defense question, hit up the guru. (laughs) Stinky. Okay. I don't know why. I care way too much about those positions, and I just am way too right way too often about it. (laughs) (laughs) Way too. Um, Let's get into the receivers for the waivers this week. And overall, the waiver wire, not too great this week. But there are some guys, if they're available in your league, that definitely have some rest of season value. Uh, that should be picked up. Starting with uh, the guy we've been talking about for like eight weeks now, right? Seven, eight weeks. Uh, Rashad Bateman. How about this? If he doesn't go above 65% next week, we just call next week's episode the Rashad Bateman <laughs> waiver wire episode because we've literally been talking about him all season. He, he's been brought up at least once in every waiver wire episode, even before like yeah, he was useful. Yeah, I think last week, I'd have to look at the doc, but I think he was somewhere around 52-ish percent. Now he's jumped up to 63. Um, at this point, you know, I think he'll you're going to have to definitely pay up for him this week. Um, and hopefully that, you know, roster percentage goes up even further because he should be owned in, in most leagues outside of, like, the shallowest of leagues. Um, eight, eight targets, six receptions, 80 yards last week. Um he should be rostered everywhere. It He's almost clearly like the best receiver on this team already. And I know Hollywood's is still there. Um, and Hollywood's a good receiver as well, but Rashad Bateman just gives them, um, a little bit more, I think in the hands department and, um, could be the number one guy moving forward. Yeah, I would expect him to be. I mean, he's the more prototypical wide receiver build, um, you know, Hollywood Brown is extremely small for the NFL. Um, that's just nothing against him. Like it just it is what it's it just is. The case, you know? yep. Um, Rashad Bateman's like a traditional number one receiver build, and um, that's why you can see in anything going. Uh, you know, anything they need like possession wise, he's the guy to go to. Yeah, I agree. Um, Elijah Moore, um, also pretty high roster rate, sixty eight percent, but. But definitely a guy worth noting. Um, six targets, three receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown last week. Played 56% of snaps, even with Corey Davis and Crowder uh, in the mix as well. 
it was another garbage time cut touchdown, but those still count towards fantasy. And, um, you know, obviously the Jets really aren't in the running for anything. So I think we could see a lot of Elijah Moore in the second half of the season um, just to kind of see exactly what they have in the rookie. Uh, but he's a really good player, and so he should be rostered, I think, across the board. Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree. This, this honestly just fantasy-wise, this feels like a typical rookie second-half season uh, breakout coming. You got to keep in mind the Jets, you know, have that little uh, – like uh, quarterback instability last couple of weeks with Mike White coming in. He looked like the savior. Then he went out, and then his backup comes in. I forgot who that was. but So either way, these receivers are dealing with three different quarterbacks this season. So like once they get some kind of instability, someone like Elijah Moore, I think he has great potential. Yeah, he's also injured for the first part of the season. So, um, you know, for those of us like myself that were holding on to him, it, he's finally getting to the point where you could – possibly start him in deeper leagues for sure at this point come next week if both these guys aren't over 70 percent then i don't know what people are doing out there honestly <laughs> yeah it's just one of those things like we should not have to talk about these guys anymore the rest of the season they should be rostered more leagues that's what it is and if you aren't listening then i don't know what you're doing you're probably like oh and 11 yeah well <laughs> and like um you know rashad bateman like across the industry is being talked about a lot now you know like i'm seeing him everywhere um so and honestly, we definitely beat everyone else to the punch then. Because like we've been talking about this guy for like two months. Yeah, yeah. For the last like two or three weeks, he's been talked about heavily across the industry. Um, so you're gonna have to pay up now. But hopefully, you got in early. Uh, Brian Edwards, thirty six percent rostered on Schleeper. Uh, look, uh, this is a guy that consistently gets four targets a game. But if that number goes up at all. I really think you could you could have a productive asset in Brian Edwards. I think he's a good player. Um, I just don't think the volume has been there. Uh, four targets last week again, three receptions for 88 yards and a touchdown. At this point, he's still kind of a desperation play, um, but that could change moving forward if they decide to give him the ball more. Oh, yeah, I pretty much agree with you. Deep play, um, explosive guy, I think. Um, great hands. The opportunities just aren't there. I mean, in a deeper league, um, as much as I would hate to say this as a Raiders homer because I really, really like this guy. I mean, unless you're in a deep league, there's really no reason to stash this guy. It's going to be so hit or miss. You'll have to do some really deep research, and even then, the deep research is not going to help you because that's how inconsistent it is. Yeah. So I got to ask you this because, like, we talk about Brian Edwards – relatively often on our shows and we always talk about like the potential he has right i mean why hasn't this happened yet what's holding him back like is is, is it his route running like what, what's going on with him to make it so he's not breaking out even though he has he has all this talent so uh, as a raiders fan <laughs> i will tell you that i don't want to say that it's like it's like diluting my opinion um this is just you know it seems like the fact really is brian edwards is they, they know what they have in him and with Hunter Renfro like being such a, a stable on third down and just like a possession receiver and Darren Waller being a star tight end, he kind of gets left in the dust. Um, we'll see what happens with Henry Ruggs out for the rest of the season or really for the rest of his career, I guess. But um, he uh, he just hasn't really uh, shown enough for them to target the ball more for whatever reason. So uh, for that reason, you just can't hold on to him. They don't have the faith. 
But I mean, the big playability is there. He he catches the ball. He's had multiple touchdowns called back this year on pass interference. So he'd be higher on the rankings without those penalties. But yeah, I mean, he's I think he's talented at least from what I've seen um, on tape. But again, yeah, the volume just hasn't ever been there, and it seems like Derek Carr's spreading the ball out a little bit more than what he has in the past. Well, honestly, it's a story of his career. Derek Carr's always spread the ball out. Okay. It doesn't matter if it was Jack Del Rio, John Gruden, Rich Versace now. Like it, so many times you're watching the game and he has like 10 completions and it's to eight receivers. It's a very common thing with him. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Brian Edwards might be having some issues with route running because I see like even when he is making catches, they're contested. Like they're not easy catches. Yeah, he's definitely think, not a big separator. Yeah. Yeah, so I think maybe that's the bigger issue is that like, when Car- when Carr finally goes to him, he's kind of force feeding him the ball because he knows he can catch it. Yeah, that's true. That and that could definitely have an impact on why he doesn't get the targets that he does. Um, you know, if you're gonna choose, are you gonna throw it up to Brian Edwards? You're gonna throw it up to Darren Waller. <laughs> <laughs> I think the decision is pretty clear. Um, T. Y. Hilton is the next guy we'll bring up. Rostered in 54 percent of leagues. Uh, he saw five targets last week. Um, which was tied for Pittman for second most on the team uh, behind Jonathan Taylor. Um, Didn't do anything with those targets. I think he only had one reception for five yards, but um, T.Y. Hilton is loved in Indianapolis, and if they can get him involved uh, through the back half of this season, I think they will. Um, He's not really startable for me next week immediately against the Bills, um, so he's definitely not a guy you're picking up to, to start next week, but it would be more of a rest of season play, possible depth at your flex in a deeper league. That's pretty much what he is right now. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I was going to say he's, he's, got, he's a fan favorite, but I mean, it, is he, what's his relationship with Carson Wentz? Really? That's what's going to matter. I think you can play him like in the coming weeks cause he's got Houston, um, and Tampa Bay on the horizon, really the Houston game which would be, I think, week 13. Um, he always goes big, goes off against Houston. Um, week 13, yeah. So you stash him for a couple weeks, and then you got a strong flex option um, for that week 13 game. Yeah, I can see that. It's a, a smart long play. If you're in the position to do it, might as well. I, I'm doing long plays at this point in the season on defense. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah for, for sure. I mean, the long play is, is smart, too, especially this late in the year. I mean, I think week 13, you might need that win to like change yeah. your playoff positioning in your league because most playoffs are going to start in week 14 or 15, depending on your league. And so like you need that win. If he can stash him, you know, if you're able to do that, the back end of your bench, let him play. And honestly, it's a decent matchup in week 12 against Tampa, too, as long as Carson wants to get the ball out of his hands, you know. But, you know, every, yeah. everyone knows that Tampa gives up a ton of passing yards because their teams are always playing from behind. Right. So I think they're he's a decent play in both those weeks. Yeah, me too. Um, and that's why I, that's more so why I wanted to bring him up outside, you know, not for this week. I think that's, you know, something you have to look at when you're doing waivers is like it's not always just for that week. It's it's for the coming weeks, especially when you get into this time when the playoffs are, you know, on the horizon. You really got to think about your matchups in the in the playoffs and if you got some guys that have really questionable matchups, you know, you got to look for replacements. So um, <clears throat> he could definitely be started in both those games going forward. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod is worth noting simply because he had 12 targets last week without Big Ben. 
on the field. Um, and also Chase Claypool has been dealing with that toe injury, which kept him out last week. So really he's only a deep stash if Chase Claypool is not going to be able to play and um, shoot, I guess if Big Ben's out again, you know, Ray Ray McLeod obviously had some chemistry there with um, and Mason Rudolph. A terrible quarterback. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't even ever remember his name because I'm like, he's so terrible. He's the one that uh, Garrett tried to kill last year. Yeah, time. yeah. I just don't ever remember his name. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the only picture I remember of him. Just that. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah, I mean, Ray Ray McLeod, definitely not, you know, someone you're looking to start immediately, but 12 targets, that's a lot. Um, So, uh, worth noting moving forward. Uh, Next guy on the list, Kendrick Bourne, rostered in 9% of leagues. This guy, let me tell you about this guy. (laughs) Former Eastern Eagle, that's Eastern Washington, for those of you who don't know. He was a 2016 All-American. Played with Cooper Cup. Um, so, yeah, he's cool. Uh, since week <laughs> six, <laughs> since week six, between week six and week 10, uh, or since week six, he is the wide receiver 10 overall. Um, so he's had some um, middle of the year value here with the New England Patriots. Hauled in four tar- four of his targets for 98 yards and a touchdown in their win last week. He also rushed the ball three times for 43 yards on the ground. Um, so he's a nice little dual threat option for the offense. Um, I don't think he can be trusted right away, but um, he's got a good matchup next week against the Falcons um, on Thursday night. Um and possible rest of season value if they continue to go to him and use him in both the running and receiving game. Yeah, he's definitely interesting. It seems like the Patriots are getting some getting things together offensively as the season goes on. So um, if, if the offense picks up, he's definitely going to be part of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and honestly, not take away the six or ten. Like even on the year, he's uh, receiver thirty-two for PPR leagues which puts him right in that kind of flex consideration. So it's not terrible. The thing is that he is very much a boomer bust guy. Um, I mean, he has just as many games and double-digit points as he does under five. So, you know, it's it's definitely a dicey play week in and week out. But if he does start to get more consistent play, which it seems like he has three of the last four weeks going over, you know, 10 points, that, you know, he's going to be somebody to go with going forward. Uh, the last receiver will bring up Jamal Agnew. Rostered in 15% of leagues. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> this I hate this team. <laughs> I hate this it team so much. <laughs> I hate this team so much. Um, Jamal Agnew has had 35 targets in the last five games, but he's only broke double digits three times with those opportunities. Um, if you want to roster him, uh, it's you're strictly chasing volume. Um, he had that that play last week where he broke it big and went all the way to house. So I think there is definitely going to be some continued usage there from Jamal Agnew. He's a deep flex play still though, in my opinion, I don't know if you guys have a different opinion. I I pretty much agree. He's a deep flex play, but he's interesting as far as like this list we've been bringing up so far of waiver pickups because he's, he's the most targeted person on the list. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Isn't that crazy, right? It is, but he also didn't catch a ball last week. He had five <laughs> targets, but he didn't catch a ball. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like a crazy amount of targets, you know, 35 in, in five weeks, and he's averaging like maybe, this is really rough math, maybe like seven yards of catch, something like that in those five weeks. Um, And the only reason he Actually, broke— I think you're low on that. looks a little like it's closer to probably eight or eight, eight and a half. Uh, it's inflated by a big catch he had in the against the Dolphins. But um, he would really only have two games with double digits if it wasn't for that big run play that he had. Three rushes for 79 yards. I mean, really, if you think about it, just to bring it up fantasy-wise, it's a weird game. Jamal Agnew had five targets, no catches, didn't do anything receiving-wise, and had three rushes for 79 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Jacksonville Jaguars lead the league in drops. Um, I believe I saw that earlier. And inconsistent fantasy play. Uh, they've just been terrible <laughs> catching the ball, like including Lavisca Chanel. He's been terrible. Um, they all have been, and that's part of the reason why they turned to Jamal Agnew, you know, who was a converted DB wearing number thirty nine. Um, and you know he's one of their highest targeted receivers. It's crazy. And Dan Arnold, who's a tight end, he's basically their wide receiver one at this point. He's the only person on their offense receiving wise that's worthy. He's the only startable option, um, you know, strictly because he's a tight end and he's getting targets as if he is their wide receiver one. Um, he is the prototypical like receiving tight end though, kind of like a, yeah, a no, slender a build, player, bigger sure. guy. Yeah, for sure. I'm um, going back to Jamal Agnew. I'm not rostering him. Me either. Like it, like it has to be like a fourteen team league for me to even consider at rostering. <laughs> at least eighteen teams, no. <laughs> yeah, for me to really consider rostering him in a full PPR, though. Well, he's not. He's not making catch the ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can't hey, drop the ball. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this: Jamal Agnew or Brian Edwards? Brian Edwards. For me, yeah, yeah, I'd still go Brian Edwards. At least, I mean, he is actually catching you'd the ball. You'd have to go pre- the ball. You'd have to go pretty far down for me to say Jamal Agnew. Okay, honestly, that's how I feel about him. I know there's going to be people that are picking him up, and that's great. But I, I mean, would you ever feel confident playing Jamal Agnew? I definitely would not. So and I, I feel the same. That lets people know how badly we feel about Jamal Agnew, even with all the looks he's getting. We don't like Brian Edwards. And we like him way more than <laughs> yeah. Jamal yeah. Uh Moving on to the running backs. Uh, first one's pretty obvious with the MCL sprain for Aaron Jones, who could be out one to two weeks. A.J. Dillon um, is the obvious pickup. But it's pretty rare that you get the chance to pick up a player with the amount of skill that A.J. Dillon possesses. Like, he's a really good player. <laughs> and, like... You know, Derrick Henry, you know, the next version of Derrick Henry almost. Um, he's rostered on sleeper in 66% of leagues, which is actually less than I thought it would be. Um, that's definitely going to go up to near 100 um, in waivers this week because Aaron Jones will be out at least one week, but possibly and, you know, pretty strongly probably two weeks. Um, and if you can get a guy like this, I think even if you're a winning team, if you're able to plug in an AJ Dillon into your flex, that could basically win you the next two weeks of games. So I recommend spending, you know, especially if you're making a push for the playoffs, damn near all your fucking fab (laughs) on it. 
Oh yeah, no, honestly, Jeez, I, I <laughs> choked up. Yeah, emotional. Damn, getting, yeah, <laughs> drop a tear for Dylan here. Yeah, I, no, I totally agree. Sixty-six percent yeah. is dumb. He's, first I, of all, he's one of the best handcuffs surprised. in the league when the season started. So the fact that like I don't know how much that's fluctuated throughout the season, it, it should have only increased though. I don't know why he's not already being like. I mean, for the same reason that I drafted Chuba Hubbard. You know, just like you, you're picking up handcuffs, and Chuba Hubbard is a horrible handcuff compared to AJ Dillon. Yep. Like, so I don't understand how this guy wasn't drafted and just stashed in a lot of leagues. If he's available, you have to. For sure. I mean, AJ Dillon. I mean, even you know, ignore the injury. Like he was uh, running back 31 in PPR and 24 in standard. So in standardly, like he's almost startable in standard leagues as it was. And so with. Aaron Jones out, like he's by far the number one guy. Who's their third stringer? Do they have a third string uh, running back? Patrick Taylor. Well, it was Kylan Hill until he got a season-ending injury. Mm-hmm. Patrick Taylor is the next guy who got some run last week, but it's going to be the A.J. Dillon show. So so the answer is no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they have A.J. Dillon, and that's yeah. going to be the guy until Aaron Jones comes back. Yep. And, you know, the thing with A.J. Dillon, also the last little note here is he gives you rest to season value as well. He he he's gonna get used even when Aaron Jones um is in the game. So For sure. I mean you have to think like they're gonna bring even when Aaron Jones does come back, I bet you the first game or two, they're gonna bring him back really slow. Yep. They know they have AJ Dillon, they don't they wanna make sure that they're both healthy for the postseason. Yep. Since week eight, AJ Dillon is the running back seven overall. Uh Ramondre Stevenson rostered in thirty nine percent of leagues. 25.4 last week. Um, there was, you know, a lot of speculation heading into the game that, you know, Bolden and JJ Taylor would get, you know, a, an equal share of the touches, but uh, both of them only combined for nine carries, uh, which was less than half of Stevenson's total. In the last two contests, Steven, Stevenson is, um, He's rushed for 162 yards on 30 attempts, um, which is a 5.4 yards per carry. Um, it's still up in the air whether or not he'll really be able, he'll be a good starter for Thursday night because Damian Harris obviously could be coming back if Damian Harris returns. I don't think you can start him, but if Harris is out, he is an automatic must start. Yeah, definitely. I mean, th- this name, when I see this name, all I remember is just like a, a preseason favorite for the Patriots, someone who killed it in the preseason, which made me think that he's not going to be good. <laughs> but, I mean, he's absolutely uh, capitalized on every opportunity, so if he gets another opportunity, there's no reason to not trust him again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and there's a they play Thursday night, so there's actually a good chance Damian Harris does not play in the game still. He has the pass concussion protocol, so if he's out, easy start from Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. Um, you know, the, oddly enough, Bill Belichick has actually given us, like, hey, this backfield has two guys. You know, I mean, we saw little flashes from Bolden and J.J. Taylor earlier in the year, but at this point in the year, it's two guys. Yeah. It's not, you're not getting, like, this, what we had in the previous years where there's three or four running backs that are all in the mix here. And there's Right. With here, it's just the, the two, and actually, I think even after Harris comes back, Stevenson has, you know, shown what he can do. I think there's a very good chance he stays, you know, a larger part of this offense going forward. Yeah, I agree. There's been a little bit of stability back there. I think, you know, with James White being out and no more Rex Burkhead and (laughs) 
all those names that we've grown accustomed yeah. to. And honestly, with the, the problem with that, if Stevenson does create a large role, it means that neither one of them are playable going forward. Yeah. They're both healthy. Exactly. That's that's the worrisome part. But um, if you know either one of them's out, the other one becomes an automatic must start. Um, Deontay Foreman. Deontay? Am I saying that right? It's Deontay, isn't it? I think it's I'm, Deontay. That's just my guess from having a lot of black relatives. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I swear to God, back in like the day when he was at Texas, they called him Donta. Oh, wow. That's definitely not it. Sounds better. (laughs) Honestly, it sounds cooler. (laughs) Donta. Uh, Anyways, uh, Foreman, he's only rostered in 4% of leagues. Kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Looks to be a three-back committee there in Tennessee right now, but Foreman's definitely kind of taking the lead uh, or at least is becoming the front runner in that committee. So would you guys, you know, prioritize picking him up uh, in case he takes the job completely? Um, I would, with the running back landscape, I would prioritize him. Um, I think I said this last week that he looked the most similar to Derrick Henry when rushing the ball compared to Adrian Peterson or Jeremy Nichols, Mick Nichols. So that made me like him a little bit more. But obviously, I mean, it, it'll probably be a three-headed monster like we're saying. But he, he has the most uh, promising um, game tape, I would say, I guess, from what I've seen. Oh, for sure. I mean, he definitely looks to be the guy leading this backfield right now. And it's still very balanced. But, like, he's still getting, a, you know, what, three or four more carries than the other guys are, um, which isn't a ton. But I think he is definitely the one who's sitting, you know, at least ahead over the rest of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely worth a flyer because, oh, I mean, we've seen it, Vrabel and, and the Tennessee Titans, if if there's a dominant running back, they're going to get the work. Um, so hopefully he can continue to uh, make his case. It's, it's a role. huge flyer, but if anyone does have like a Derrick Henry type game where they're getting all the carries yeah, and then like a fourth quarter breakout just punishing the defense, it, it's going to be him. You know, even like for fantasy purposes, even if that person is a crappy running back, they can still bring fantasy value if they're getting, you know, a, a huge workload. So, um, and this team definitely wants to run the ball. They definitely are not a pass first team. Um, so hopefully uh, something can happen there. And they get Houston next week. So, and they got Houston. So, yeah, he comes, uh, he's an automatic play. Uh, Dearness Johnson, um, this guy's rostered in quite a few leagues, but I feel like he needs to be brought up just because he's a talented player. And, you know, if, if Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are out, Dearness Johnson is automatic must start. So I think he should be rostered in most leagues. He's almost the handcuff handcuff, but one of the best in the league. Oh, yeah, definitely. Even if he fills the RB2 role in the Browns, I mean, that's starting in today's fantasy landscape. Yeah. So, I mean, if he's available, definitely grab him. I'll be really surprised if he is. Uh, Wayne Gallman rostered in 3% of leagues, uh, but last week we finally got a Wayne Gallman appearance, uh, which seems to be happening in the back half of seasons every year now. Uh, he played 42% of snaps in week 10, saw a team high 15 carries for 55 yards, also got two targets through the air, catching one for 21 yards. 
He played over Mike Davis, who was seemingly benched. Um, but the question moving forward is, is it going to be Gallman or is it going to be Mike Davis when Patterson isn't involved or is hurt? I mean, even if Gallman does take Mike Davis's role, you're taking a, a eight-point fantasy role, like just consistently like around eight points, 10-ish carries, three, four catches, something like that. Um, I just think the Atlanta running game is so bad that even if Wayne Gallman becomes their RB1, it, oh man, it, it wouldn't be too much of a difference with Cordero being there because Cordero was taking away um, some of those carries. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and if you look at it, I mean, yes, he completely outpaced him carry wise, but they only played a couple. He only played a couple more snaps than Mike Davis did. Yeah, I think that was solely because they were getting fucking destroyed by Dallas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was what thirty-eight to three at yeah, one point. Yeah, they were getting mollywopped. Yeah, so um, I think it was mostly a uh, a situational thing. Um, Gallman's probably still going to get more carries going forward with Patterson. You know, more than likely being out. But I, that's why I'm still holding on to Mike Davis. Um, I'd prefer to have Mike Davis over Gallman at this point. Yep. Um, Just to scare you away from Gallman, you know, last year he kind of picked up speed with the Giants and started scoring, had a touchdown like six games in a row, then week 13 on, no points. Wayne Gallman's probably the reason a lot of people lost their first week of their playoff fantasy matchup. <laughs> um, And like a little preview into Thursday night, I'm not – you know, and maybe this will affect your waiver wires. I'm not touching the Atlanta Falcons offense at all. I'm I honestly, because they're playing the Patriots and because they're so um you know, lacking in weapons and Cordell, you know, might be out, I wouldn't even start Kyle Pitts this week, I don't think. Because Bill Belichick does such a good job of shutting down your number one weapon. That's his defensive philosophy. That's what they do. Um, and Kyle Pitts is clearly their number one weapon. Um, I think it could be a tough night for him on Thursday night. Short week. Just got their ass kicked. I don't like starting Kyle Pitts. I'm definitely not starting Wayne Gallman or any of the other Atlanta Falcons. We I mean, make a good point of you know, bringing always shutting down their number one option. But if that's the case, that means... Zacchaeus Salamide is your guy uh, to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You call him Zacchaeus Salamide? You <laughs> did the names backwards. I, I, oh, and whatever. You did. Al- Alamide Zacchaeus. It's probably wrong. Whatever. Either way, y'all know. <laughs> I was doing. I was filling out a, a, a governmental <laughs> form. <laughs> last name first, okay? Uh, Alamide is Zacchaeus. <laughs> yeah, but in all seriousness, so. I mean, I disagree, uh, and um, we'll, we'll talk about like Dan Arnold in a second. I um, I would still probably start Kyle Pitts over Dan Arnold. Really? Yes. Just because he's still tight end five on the year. Uh, yeah, you have to. It, it's almost like this is an exaggeration, but it's almost like like benching like Waller or, or Kelsey against any opponent. It's just like you you kind of have to just from their usage. I think it's going to be a bad night for the Falcons again. Um, so that's all, I, that's all I'm going to say. Just putting it out there. Um, oh, it'll be a bad night. But, I mean, I, with tight ends being as thin as they are and where everyone drafted Kyle Pitts, unless unless you have as much faith in Dan Arnold as me, and I have a lot, I, I still think Kyle Pitts is better this week. 
Um, would you start Hunter Henry or Kyle Pitts? Kyle Pitts. Oof, no way. I I I mean they're playing each other. Um, yeah. I'd go with Hunter Henry just because like the Falcons defense sucks. We'll also talk about Hunter Henry later, but he's the tight end three overall in the season. Honestly, I saw that. I was like, no fucking way. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> Not a chance. That's a real stat. Uh, next running back to take a look at, Jeff Wilson, rostered in 27% of leagues. Um, You know, he was being held by a lot of people, then was dropped last week, you know, because his first game back he didn't do anything. Uh, But last night we saw – um, he was almost splitting carries until Elijah Mitchell just kind of took all the carries. Elijah Mitchell finished with 27 carries, but Mitchell is dealing with a thumb injury, I believe it is. One of his fingers he has to get surgery on. Yeah, broken finger. He had procedure uh, today on it. They're yeah. not sure if he'll play on, on Sunday. They're saying he's, you know, it's not that serious, and Shanahan said something like it's pretty likely that he'll play, which I don't see how that's possible after getting surgery, but um, maybe so, but if not, Jeff Wilson becomes a start because he's the clear and obvious RB two in that backfield right now. I agree. I mean, actually, Jeff Wilson is the guy I'm going to prioritize prioritize second out of running backs behind obviously AJ Dillon if he was available in your league. Yeah. Um, and the shitty thing about that is you know with Shanahan being the coach, watch will be Trey Sermon that has all the carries right. next week, but. <laughs> Um, no, Jeff Wilson, I think, should get the – it seems weird that Elijah Mitchell would play in this game at all. So I think Jeff Wilson gets to start, and he's you know definitely worthy of an RB2 status. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Pretty much it's one of those offensive lines and schemes where whoever has the majority of carries, you're going to – you want them. Uh, tight ends, Dan Arnold rostered in 37% of leagues. Uh, in the last five games, Darnold has <laughs> – Darnold <laughs> – uh, I just said that last week. That was happening. Uh, six. Where was I? Sixty plus yards in in four of the last five games. Five plus targets in all of them. Um, really, he operates as their wide receiver one. Um, last week I was watching a little bit of the game. He had a a slant that was in the red zone that he brought to like the one yard line. Um, you know. Thought he was going to fall into the end zone, but didn't. Uh, but he's given you the the production outside of having to score touchdowns. So if he adds touchdowns on top of that, he's a dominant tight end um, for fantasy purposes. So Dan Arnold is an absolute must-add, I think, at this point for tight ends. The simplest way I can say is this is a top-10 tight end. I mean, he's an absolute must start. Yeah, in any kind of league you can even imagine, like unless like even in an eight team league, he's still a starter in that league. Yep, like he's that good. It's crazy. He's on waivers. Yeah, I mean, it seems like even in eighteen eight team league brings up an interesting point. But I think he still falls in probably somewhere between between tight end six and eight week in week out. So yeah, yeah, I think he is a starting no matter what league you're in. Yeah, basically, like Jim said, once he starts scoring touchdowns, he's not going to be on waivers anymore. That the the gem in the rough will be found at that point. Yeah, it's it's usually not common that you get tight ends like this available on the waiver wire this late in the year. So, um, you know, he I think he has to be added, even if he's your 
backup tight end. He's just absolute solid backup tight end. Um, if you if you want to carry two tight ends, um, but yeah, that's Dan Arnold. Pick him up. Uh, Tyler Conklin roster in 30 percent of leagues. Um, this is a guy that's involved in this offense. Um, you know, it goes Jefferson Thielen. Uh, obviously, they run run the ball with Dalvin Cook, but Conklin's right up there behind the receivers uh, for targets. Um, and he got in the end zone twice last week, um, which honestly he was producing a nice floor without getting in the end zone a lot through most of the season. Um, so he's another guy that I think you can pick up, um, play. You know when you're when you're if you have a stud tight end if he's on by, you can play Conklin very confidently. Um, so he's another guy that I think you can stream. You can definitely pick up. He's not an absolute must add. I think like Dan Arnold, but he's definitely an ad. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he's tight end 11 on the year, which basically kind of, I guess does put him in the area where he might be on waivers, uh, and for a lot of people's leagues. And, um, he's really a boom or bust guy. He he doesn't have a bunch of consistency to him. He does get, um, his snap percentage is promising though. Plays around 80% of snaps, like pretty consistently, but really he doesn't score that many points unless he scores a touchdown. So it's, um, it drives me away from him. Yeah, he's he's tough. It's like he does get a ton of snaps, and like on the year, he's consistently getting like six targets and about four ish catches a game. But there's not a whole lot of yardage behind them. Um, you know, he's averaging like five yards a catch. Essentially, it seems like in these games, and he's not scoring touchdowns. So it's tough. Um, if you need, you know, if you're in deep league and your tight ends are thin, like he's still a good stream. I mean, thirty percent roster means he's probably available in your league. Yeah, just because of snap percentage, it does make him worthy. Uh, Adam Troutman, the tight end for the New Orleans Saints, is rostered in 11% of leagues. Um, he's seen six-plus targets the last three weeks with Simeon at quarterback. Um, but this is a guy that was, you know, people are pretty high on Troutman coming into the year, including myself. Um, he was drafted to be a receiving threat, drafted to be a weapon in this offense. That didn't really uh, manifest with Jameis Winston at quarterback, but it seems Trevor Simeon is um, likes to target Troutman or, or at least the tight ends in general a little bit more. Um, you know, he he had that terrible play fumble that cost them the game, but they still came back to him the next week with another six targets. So um, there could be some value here in Troutman moving forward um, if Trevor Simeon is the quarterback. Yeah, with Trevor Simeon, his usage is, is completely different. Uh, the, the three weeks that Simeon is in, it actually makes him look like a somewhat valuable yep. fantasy tight end. But once you go back before the Simeon days with Winston at quarterback, it looked pretty bad. So, I mean, as long as Simeon's in, I would I would at least keep an eye on Troutman for sure. Yeah, I'm not adding him yet, though. I mean, yes, his target share has gone up significantly with Simeon, but there's still not a whole lot of production behind it. I mean, I'm definitely... I would. Conklin would be over him in every league I could possibly think of. Um, I just, I don't know, man. It's just, it, it's tough for me. Yeah, I would, I mean, the order is kind of how we list them out. I would rather have Dan Arnold over Conklin or Troutman than Conklin, and then Troutman's like the deep, deep stream player. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I might, I'm liking Troutman more than Conklin, though, if Simeon 
does stay with the Saints just because like Trotman's like checking the right boxes for me as far as like yeah. like, like snap percentage, which Conklin was checking too. But then um, as far as like targets, but he has a new quarterback in the system and his usage is increasing every week. So we, we pretty much know what we have with Conklin and Trotman's kind of a question mark, which makes him more interesting. Yeah, maybe a little bit higher ceiling there. Um, but let's move on to quarterback. Um, really only have one um, like quarterback with rest of season value that could be a game changer. And that is, I think, who we all know. Cam Newton is back with the Carolina Panthers roster right now in 28% of leagues. But um, <clears throat> had those two rushing touchdowns last week. I think he finished the game. Yeah, finished with just under 12 fantasy points. And it's looking like he's going to get the start. So, um, yeah, not good news for Carolina receivers, I don't think. <laughs> but Cam Newton could definitely be a game changer for you at quarterback from a fantasy perspective, given the Russian upside. So how are you guys handling Cam Newton? Are you really heavily targeting him, or are you not sold? I'm not sold. Okay. I think he, he played 12% of snaps last week. He's supposed to get the, he's supposed to be the starter though from here on out. I know he is, but like even okay, so he had <laughs> If he's a starter, then you know that for sure. Yeah, no, I'm still I'm I think you probably I mean, I know he's playing Washington, but he has more of a threat on the run than he is through the air. And that's where Washington's week is through the air, so I'm not I'm not confident in it. And I mean he he actually had a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown and two snaps. His first two snaps were just never happened for in the NFL. Um but like he's still his completions, he went three for four for eight yards. And he, the, even then, in rushing-wise, he had three carries for 14 yards. Neither of those averages, even in such a short time frame, like gives me a whole lot of hope. Um, I think you have better options. Yeah, definitely like better immediate options. But um, we all remember last year, you know, Cam Newton was pretty lackluster. He had some pretty killer games, but also had some horrible games. Like at one point, drops on like five points and then, you know, another game he's scoring 37. So it's it's super inconsistent. But as we know on this podcast, quarterbacks are rushing upside is like everything. And he does have that rushing upside. And they're not going to start P.J. Walker. So I, I think he is interesting. He's not someone I'm like picking up, looking to put into my lineup right away. But it's someone I'm definitely going to be looking at in the upcoming weeks um, if I have to slide him in. I just want to bring this up. I mean, none of us here are type of guys that like to run, like have two QBs on our rosters. You know, it's not something we normally do. Meanwhile, I have three right now. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> I just know it's not your normal MO, though, you know? Yeah. And so that makes it tough. Like, if you're not looking to start him this week, why would you pick him up? Do you think, is he worth a stash? I mean, well, I think you have to consider super flex leagues, right? In this conversation where you can flex a quarterback. Um, I think in those types of leagues or two QB leagues, he's definitely worth um, spending some fab on. But, I mean, let's be real. He hasn't been fantasy relevant since 2018 uh, where he finished as the quarterback 11. Um, but that's a long time ago for football. Um, so, Well, hey, let's just assume that uh, um, other leagues are similar to ours, right? Pretty competitive, 12-team half PPR, okay? And these are the other quarterbacks you could choose besides Cam Newton if you had to choose one this week. Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Tua, Mac Jones. It's a huge drop-off after Tua here. 
Mac yeah. Jones, Justin Fields, Garoppolo, Daniel Jones. We're going into the depths of you know nothingness at that point. Well, I know so, Mac Jones plays. Um, he's got a decent matchup with Atlanta. Like I would probably can like for the deep streams. Like I would consider I would stream Mac Jones over Cam Newton this week. Um, Tua plays Houston. No, Tua plays New York, the Jets. So like that's oh. a pretty good matchup. Also, yeah, I would probably stream Tua over Cam. Well, the the big reason I bring it up is like let's just say like the it's basically the same next week because these are pretty much the quarterbacks we've been seeing in in the waivers on the top of the waivers pretty much all year. And Cam's going to be introduced to that. So, I mean, like, out of those guys, like, looking forward, not just, like, just this week, but, you know, I, I just feel like Cam Newton's definitely going to be worthy of a look within a few weeks in a lot of leagues for a lot of people, and people don't really realize it. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's leagues where you can definitely add them. Um, but I wouldn't be spending a ton of fab. <laughs> um, let's, let's move on. Defenses. Um, Trey. Do the defense thing. <laughs> All right, I am here with some waivers of the week. It, these seem pretty obvious, but I was surprised that these teams were even available. San Francisco 49ers defense versus the Jaguars. That seems like automatic. That's worthy of fab, in my opinion, especially if you're making a playoff push. Like maybe even double digits. Like get a nice solid defense in there. Um, Dolphins are playing the Jets, and the Dolphins really been on a run lately. They like last two weeks held teams to ten or less points. Uh, putting up fantasy points, getting sacks, getting all the numbers out there. So they look pretty good playing against the Jets. And I really like the Seahawks against the Cardinals. The Seahawks have been playing better lately, at least fantasy-wise, and producing uh, numbers that will contribute to fantasy points. And if Kyler Murray's out, uh, division game, and it might be Colt McCoy with a shoulder injury. So, I mean, that just sounds like easy money. <laughs> for sure yeah i mean out of the three i'm definitely prioritizing my miami just because they've been on such a tear i mean they're certainly coming and finding their own it seems like they've I mean, been hovering around like worthy of starting all year yeah they've been close i mean uh two weeks ago they got 18 against houston which you know it's houston like that's expected but then they turn around and get 20 against baltimore yeah i mean it's baltimore with lamar jackson and you know putting up 300 yards rushing games a year you know at almost week week in week out like it's crazy um and against the Jets, I mean, that's just, uh, I mean, that's easy. You put them on a the platter. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, seriously. All right, let's do some buy or sell to close this bad boy out. Uh, last week, uh, Dan Arnold, or we'll we'll give you our buy or sells from last week, right? And then we'll give you our buy or sells this week. Last week, we had Dan Arnold to lead the team in targets. Um. Which ended up being LaVisca Chenault with eight targets, who which he didn't do shit with. Uh, Ar- Dan Arnold almost did it again. Had seven targets. Stink sold or bought Jim sold. Um, we had Jim s- is him. <sighs> Jim is the I speaking <laughs> the speaker. Singletary. Um, we had a points over under on, but that was contingent on Moss being out, which he wasn't. So, um, and then we had Brandon Ayuk, 12 and a half points, stink sold, Urbot, I bought. Fools. So I guess just listen Fool to stink. <laughs> and that's it on these buy or sells. Especially when it comes to tight ends or defenses. Uh, so our week 11 buyer sells a, let's start it off here with AJ Dillon. Yes, sir. 
the back that everyone's excited to start this week. Will he get 15 and a half fantasy points against Minnesota in Minnesota? Finished as the RB1 overall last week. He's the RB27 on the year and the RB7 from weeks 8 to 10. What you doing? I feel like this is obvious. I'm going to buy that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's going to get everything out of the backfield here. And like, All right, Minnesota's so that was too good. low, so then we'll just change it. <laughs> Let's go. Just click a, click a button. <laughs> click a button and change the document. Let's go. 19 and a half. Okay. Ooh. I was going to say 18. 18 and a half. Still buying? I'll buy it. Man, I'm on it's, the edge. <laughs> it, yeah, it's gonna be really close. It's like Vegas numbers are hitting the over under like right on there. Right. I uh, yeah, I'll buy it. I I think. Um, I mean, at that point, you're really hoping for like a hundred yards and a touchdown, some receiving work. That seems pretty easy to get for him in that offense. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it, and it's because Minnesota actually not great against running backs. They're ranked 22nd, giving up 20, almost 25 points a game to running backs. And since AJ Dillon's gonna be the only running back getting touches here. I'm going to buy it. Yeah, I think he's a shoe-in for probably 20-plus. Um, I think it's pretty high probability that he gets in the end zone. Um, you know, I like I like to go opposite of what you guys do <laughs> just mm-hmm. to do that, but I can't not buy A.J. Dillon. You would have to put it up pretty high for me not to buy it. It would have to be like 22, 21 points or something like that. But um, – I think he gets up there this week, and, you know, he's an automatic must-start. Um, Hunter Renfro, 12.5 points against Cincinnati. He's our next buyer, so he's the wide receiver 28 overall, was the wide receiver 10 last week. I'm going to buy it. He doesn't score many touchdowns, but he he seems more involved in the red zone now that Henry Ruggs is out for whatever reason. So I, uh, I'm gonna buy it, and he he's an easy ten points. It's just a matter if he scores a touchdown. Yeah, this one's tough because I mean his target share has been pretty consistent throughout the entire year, and he's getting over twelve and a half only a few games so far. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and sell this one. Um, it's tough. It's gonna be really close, but I'm gonna go ahead and sell it. Um, shoot. I'm going to buy. I'm going to trust Trey's instincts here. (laughs) And, no, I think you're right, though. Like, he has a nice floor, and and if he just gets in the end zone, it's pretty easy for him to break that that line. So if they throw it in the red zone, it's pretty obvious. It's either going to Waller or Renfro. Yeah. Everybody knows it. Yeah, I'll buy that. Uh, Hunter Henry. Will he finish as a top five tight end against Atlanta on Thursday night football? He is, in case you're wondering, the tight end three overall in the season. Um, And he's also tied for fourth in red zone targets on the season with none other than Ricky Seals-Jones. But those are some pretty surprising rankings. So... Ooh, do you like Hunter Henry as a top five tight end against Atlanta? 
I'll buy it. He's on a touchdown streak. It's been stopped once against the Chargers. He's clearly their red zone guy here. Um, yeah, Mac Jones is looking better, so why not? Uh, boy, oh boy. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, man. I mean, he's on a huge touchdown streak. He scored two last week, and that was basically all. He only had four targets. Yeah, no, he only catches touchdowns, essentially. But, I mean, that's his role in the offense, and, you know, Bill sticks to those roles, and if Hunter Henry's their guy in the red zone, he's their guy in the red zone. I mean. 31 catches, seven touchdowns. Yeah. It's like almost 25%. That's crazy. Um, Uh, His rookie year, 36 catches, eight touchdowns. Yeah, that was back when he was in L.A. It's different. Different team. It different was San Diego before then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, last actually, year. actually, you know that's funny? Because it's probably been the first time all year I've said L.A. when I met, when, like, instead of San Diego. So I finally figured it out. And then uh, I, it was on with the wrong damn stat. San Diego. Stinky. Put some respect. <laughs> um, ah, fuck. I don't know. I'm going to sell it. I don't know why. I'm just going to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no reason. There's something down deep in my belly tells me that uh, that he's not going to score a touchdown this week. Um, I will, you've had so much time to decide. Yeah. I'm going to sell, um, as well. He was listening to my, you know, top flight analysis there. <laughs> yeah. You really sold me on that. Um, you guys are obviously wrong since I bought it. Probably. Um, how dare we go against the tight end guru? I know. Defense also. <laughs> Um, moving on, Cam Newton, will he be a top 12 QB next week against the Washington football team? Bye. I'm buying everything. He gets to start. Why is it doing that? <laughs> yeah. Watch your tone. Didn't mean to yell into the mic. Figure out our audio issues here, tech. All right, Tyler, you buying? I'm selling. Selling. I'm not, I'm not sold on Cam Newton as a whole yet. Um, he was super dicey, you know, last season, year before that he was hurt, year before that he was finally good. And then he was, you know, for the most part, he's been, had like three really bad seasons since his MVP year. So I'm just not sold on that. Yeah. I'll also sell, um, going to have to prove it to me as well. Like I said, hasn't been fantasy relevant since 2018. Um, and you know, two red zone quarterback draws, uh, against a defense that didn't game plan against you at all, isn't gonna do it for me. I'm gonna see a need. I'm gonna need to see a full body of work before I really buy into that. So I would not be starting Cam Newton this week. Um, and I will also sell that. But that's gonna do it for the show for the waiver wire show. So good luck in your waiver wires, and uh, we will see you later in the week with a matchup episode. We'll go through all the matchups, get you ready for your start and sits, um, and give you our starts of the week. So at the FF Fathers on Twitter, uh, we will talk to you guys later. Yep, and we'll let you know which place in the top ten Dan Arnold finished, like always. <laughs> Just had to throw that in there, huh? (laughs) I can delete it, dude.